following episode contains mature themes, sexual content, and good times. Just so you know what to look forward to. Welcome to the world's most mellifluous podcast, where euphonic tunes, tits, and tushes are all over the place. <laughs> I'm your host, Tanya Tutits, and joining me are Sodome Velvet and the illustrious Honoré de Balzac. And we welcome you to the 13th episode of Coming Together. Here's how the podcast works. Two authors write this story bit by bit, and in between each bit, we narrate and record what's been written. As we traverse the tale of Magnolia Ouvrejean, we laugh, we cry, but most importantly, we tremor with delight. You may have noticed that today we are without one of our authors, the Duchess Elizabeth Barrett Boning. In true Magnolia form, she is off gallivanting in remote areas with poor internet connection. So, though she will be writing, we've invited a guest to come along with us. Sadame, do you want to introduce our guest? I would love to. Honoré de Balzac needs no introduction, but here's one anyway. Through her transcendental research into extreme cuddling, Honoré has touched many hearts throughout the world, at times in inappropriate ways. Her magnum opus, La Immodestie Humaine, has won countless awards, all of which are definitely real. She is also my sister. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. And for that beautiful bio. That is not surprising to me because it's my own bio. Of course. It's all real. <laughs> I'm honored to be here. <laughs> We're honored to have you. So, how's everyone doing? Good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sick, so my voice is really in an ill-timed way, not not sounding great but i think it makes you sound luxurious yeah like it might give you like a bit of like a husk i hope it's sexy and not froggy or if it's froggy that's what does it for you yeah exactly (laughs) people are into frogs is there like a frog sexual i'm sure someone's into kermit in the world i mean if if you if you think about it it exists yeah (laughs) girls 34 yeah 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 (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I think before we get into it, I think we need to kind of prime our guest a little bit. And I'd love to know a little bit more about what makes good erotica for you. Oh, I think this story is so, so important. I think that if it's not in service to some sort of emotion, erotica is just mechanical. (laughs) Yeah. It's got to have some sort of meaning, even if that meaning is like, I saw you and you're hot, so now we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I like like fantasy or science fiction world building also specifically, <laughs> which is why well, this podcast in the right is place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right up my alley. Um, and yeah, some sort of like magical or technological reason for like people not being able to control their lust is always like a good hot time. I don't know. Maybe that's getting into specifics, but. (laughs) No, I really love that. And I also think that like, that's something I've discovered through this whole Magnolia thing, because I'm like, Mm -hmm. I've always like. This whole Magnolia thing. This whole Magnolia (laughs) thing, you know, casual. (laughs) I mean, I think I've always leaned toward like 
erotica or like, you know, like dirty pen pals type of stuff to explore my sexuality as opposed to like video as a medium. And I think Mm -hmm. that like, that's what it is, right? Like what you said, it's like embedded in some sort of emotion, but you can also have so much more flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Wow. Exactly. I think there's something sexy about filling in the gaps as well that that writing leaves or I don't know. I mean, like even even in a visual medium, I find like some of the sexiest outfits are the ones that leave a little bit up to imagination. Yeah. Like yeah. your your mind fills in like and makes it very sexy. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Like your mind fills in and makes it very sexy. And I gave a the- thumbs up, a very sexy thumbs up as I said. Thumbs that. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, double thumbs up. <laughs> Who's got Two thumbs and like sex. (laughs) (laughs) The brain that makes shit sexy. (laughs) Two thumbs and fucks. (laughs) Excellent. Well, since Honoré de Balzac, you are a fan of this medium and this genre in particular. Which one was your favorite episode or like your favorite scene or your favorite character? Like what was your favorite part of this story so far? Oh man, um, the last episode with the really? um, gladiatorial one. Yeah, that was definitely yeah. the one that went closest to like, oh, I actually find this hot, and maybe it's a problem yes. that like I find my brother's porn podcast actually <laughs> hot. That was actually a question I had for you. I was like, does it make you feel uncomfortable? <laughs> Do you regret being here? No, I don't. I don't because it's fun. All like you know, it's not yeah. like <laughs> yeah. There's there are other elements at play, but yeah, I really liked the last episode. I thought it was very fun and nice to go from the more emotional, family oriented story to like back to true form. That mm-hmm. that contrast was really fun. In in your defense, in your defense, the sexy parts of that episode were probably not written by me. I think it was the Baroness's end part because I was really excited that you said that because the last episode was one of my favorites as well for the same reason. I was like, oh shit, this is actually tapping into something I really like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, where do you see the story going now? I don't know. I think it's going to become more of a problem that like Magnolia has trouble putting down roots. That's yeah. going to become more of a, an impediment to her happiness impediment mm-hmm. to her happiness. Yeah. Um, also that like, she can obviously cultivate intimacy with people, but it would kind of suck to fall in love with someone and be like, well, I guess if I want to stay with you, I can never orgasm again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I do think that like, she's fun and young and, exploratory and she's great but she's also like a real character fully flesh mm-hmm. pun intended gross uh, <laughs> and i think that like the way you're writing her she will eventually maybe find a place that feels like home and people who feel like home and that's gonna be really hard i worry for my girl oh so do i finding community is hard it yeah. is especially if you yeah. can't come <laughs> Nice. <laughs> then it's just muted. <laughs> That's so bad. That's staying here. Oh, no, no. I love it. <laughs> wow. What a thrill. I'm so glad. 
I do have like the same, um, like, I, I think that that's also where I'm interested in seeing the story going, but in the spirit of keeping the story going, without further ado, let's get started. We can't wait for you to come along with us. <sighs> Chapter 13, Hildegard von Bangen. Magnolia sat in the cloister of a dark, damp monastery. The cold stone pressed against her back and the freshness of spring floated on the breeze. Above her, a night sky lit up by the Milky Way. She'd never seen so many stars. She heard the nuns in the chapel humming matins. Is that how you, is it literally matins? Yeah. I guess so. I don't know what that yeah. is. Oh, That's okay. like, is that like morning prayers? Morning prayers. Yeah. I would assume so. Okay. She heard the nuns in the chapel humming matins, their chanting reverberating against the high ceilings and drifting back to her. She was wrapped in a warm blanket, but her fingers were uncovered, holding the piece of parchment that Hildegard, one of the nuns here, had given her. She repeated its words to herself, having memorized them this afternoon, just as Hildegard had instructed her to do. Spirited light, on the edge of the presence, your yearning burns in the secret darkness. Wow, that was so good. <laughs> I don't know, it's weird for me because that sounds like church as a kid. Like, Yeah, well that's my church. reference point. If I'd known, I would have looked up medieval chant, like monast- monastic chanting. Oh, I have lots of, there's a lot of recording of her work, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> See, and the thing is, this is, this is, if it's helpful to you, Sadame, this is like you having that, but in this context, so it's almost like a rebellion. It's, yeah. it feels sacrilegious to and I make like it. church as a kid sexy. It's also uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. It's not sexy yet. So we'll see. It's something to unpack later. Yeah. <laughs> or through this episode. It's very hot priest and flea bag. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, that was good. That was a good yeah. section. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The chant of the nuns swelled to a roar. The wind picked up and the budding branches of the trees scratched against each other. A cock crowed in the distance. Much too early for sunlight. One more time, she repeated the words. She wasn't sure if it was a subliminal message from the nun, the bit about the burn of yearning. She wasn't sure how she was meant to get any action in this place, as nuns were meant to guard their virginity like a shield against the world, or something. But she liked the pace of this place, and she figured if it came to it, she'd just sneak away to one of the surrounding farms to have a lay if she got bored and horny and wanted to move on from here. I mean, that's one good thing about it. Yeah. (laughs) Just as she felt sleep coming over her eyes, the doors of the chapel creaked open and the nuns swept out, all in a line, faces down and still humming. She wondered what this life would be like. It was so different from her own, so devoid of sensual pleasure and so structured. Over meals, she saw in the nuns' eyes a certain kind of peace that she herself had yet to attain. Their world was ordered, and they didn't need to think about what they would do in the next hours or the next days. They only had to follow the movements of the group. And they were both stunningly together and alone with their thoughts. They ate their meals together. They prayed together. They hoed the fields together. But most of this in silence, 
or with only whispered chatter accompanying it. I love that that um, the Baroness has like implanted all of these like seemingly just like what is it like not innocent what's the other word like it's just like they're innocuous innocuous words like cock and hoed but we know (laughs) that those were so intentional oh yeah yeah yeah. i like this this is so cool this is like i i like that she's like huh there's some value to this it's not for me but yeah yeah Yeah, she's very open-minded she is she's very open-minded yeah Magnolia, for better or for worse, spent most of the day considering her body, where she would find clothing and food, who would touch her clit, and to what effect, in what world she would end up next, and how she might make sure she survived there. These nuns had the freedom to think of others. They could invest in one another, even if this meant brushing the knots out of a sister's hair instead of fondling her pubes. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I okay wow this is so interesting because like the Baroness has taken this setting and done so much like character work when yeah I just thought Hildegard Hildegard von Bingen and the the pun von Bangen and I was like that's why we need to write this she 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 made it deep but yeah for me it was just about the joke I like it it's very atmospheric right now like I'm like feeling like we're just yeah Mm mm-hmm even if this meant brushing the knots out of a sister's hair instead of fondling her pubes. It was a care that Magnolia could only dream of at this point. Her heart ached. She'd felt closeness so often in her travels, but it was always overtaken by her need for pleasure. In this moment, she felt her lust for life and for the hotties around her drove a wedge between her and them. It brought them together for such brief and beautiful moments but then the next instant she'd be shot across the black hole of time. She shivered, whether with cold or with longing, she wasn't sure. The monastery was silent now. The nuns would be closed in the austerity of their dormitories, backs lying against squeaky, bony cots and stretched out under wooden blankets, sleeping. She stood, padding off to the guesthouse to slide between her own scratchy sheets and sleep. Oh my gosh. Wow. I'm, yeah. I, where are you going to take this sodomy? I do not know. I'm so intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She I mean, she did a lot and that was great, but she didn't give me much yeah. to like springboard off of. During Hildegard's sermon the next day, Magnolia thought of Dollface the strapping pirate she'd left sweaty and sexually unfulfilled back on Rapa Nui. The tight, tiny curls scattered across his chiseled face consumed her every thought. Her mind moved on to his rough hands and how they had skimmed her naked body like the cockled hull of a ship along an unforgiving sea. A nun next to her nudged her out of her reveries. She gave Magnolia a side eye, brimming with shade. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like i just that just unlocked a memory obviously not of church but like out of sitting at mosque and being like nudged and side-eyed yeah <laughs> and, like, for sure on the rug <laughs> and here we are <laughs> and so magnolia now listened to hildegard's words as the living sparks of god's love we are limitless in our light 
how we affect the present and thus illuminate the future, how we examine the past to brighten the present, all in service of basking in his divine light. I'm sorry, I have to cut in. You're so good. (laughs) Thank you. So good. I'm so good. This should just be an audio book with like a, like a radio drama. No, truly. Yeah. I love like, a radio play. Yeah, yeah. radio plays are great. Yeah. Honoré de Balzac, you really have like um like an audiobook voice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. That's a wonderful compliment. <laughs> Everybody in the congregation said amen, and Magnolia quickly followed their lead. I will now share with you what many of the men in our wonderful institution still refuse to believe, doubting Thomases, all of them. When they call me a mystic, sometimes they say it derisively. It matters not what men who pretend to be close to the Lord think. I feel his light, and it guides me. It has guided me to all of you, just as it has guided you to me. The random, the impossible, the improbable, it is all his plan." Magnolia shifted uncomfortably. This was always where religion kind of lost her. Were systems of oppression part of God's plan? If so, why? To test us? God had intervened before, so why not now? In Magnolia's time period, things felt so off course, but the Lord was just sitting back and watching. Then, Hildegard said something that truly resonated with Magnolia. I will tell you what being a mystic means, my sisters. In my visions, my soul rises up high into the vault of heaven and into the changing sky and spreads itself out among different peoples, although they are far away from me in distant lands and places. I am alone, though never alone. I am traveling, though fixed upon the source of light within me. Time and space are but obstacles when I am one with the world and with myself. And in quiet moments, when I am ready... I hear his words spoken in my voice, for he requires a medium so that we may understand him. This all hit pretty close to home for Magnolia. This interpretation of mysticism and divinity was familiar to her. It gave her much to think about. And so she did, for the remainder of the sermon. She thought about what it meant to have this incredible power and if there was some responsibility attached to it, but she did not feel a light guiding her in these moments. Again. A nun cut across her reveries. Sister Magnolia? Hildegard stood before her, with a look of braided concern and severity. Yes, St. Hildegard. Walk with me. I sense you need some guidance. She gestured to the cloisters which had been flooded with morning sunlight. As they walked, Hildegard said, I can see the skepticism in your eyes as clearly as the morning dew reflects the sun, sister. Oh was all Magnolia could say. It matters not, you know. We all come here with different backgrounds. We all have different paths. I thought only women of noble descent could come to the Abbey. Well, yes. I was talking more metaphorically. We do not want our community to be divided on the basis of social status, so we admit sisters of similar backgrounds. So we are united when we exclude those from poorer families. Magnolia didn't want to hold her tongue. She wanted to talk freely. She wanted to do many things with her tongue freely. (laughs) But Hildegard smiled. You are intelligent, and your skepticism is a powerful tool. 
I admit you are right. We exist in a system built on unjust structures, and we do what we can, where we can. This didn't satisfy Magnolia at all, but she relented. She knew deep down she was never going to change Hildegard's mind enough to radically change the history of the Catholic Church. You are special, Magnolia. We can all sense it. You are close to the universe's infinite powers in ways that many of us are not. And because of that... Suddenly, Hildegard dropped her beads onto the floor of the cloisters. They both bent down at the same time to grab it. Their hands touched. Magnolia's fingers were warm, Hildegard's cold. Their eyes met and Hildegard was blushing. Magnolia wrapped her fingers gently around Hildegard's. There they stayed for a moment. Hildegard's breath was short. There are sixteen virtues, Magnolia whispered, and one of them is chastity, but how flexible are these virtues? Hildegard gasped inwardly, took back her hand in beads and walked away. Magnolia knew that hadn't been the right thing to say. It was too forward for such an occasion. But she smiled, knowing the little moment and touch they shared was real and carnal. Besides, Magnolia was not capable of wrong. She was only capable of oops. (laughs) I want that on a (laughs) t-shirt. I want merch that says not capable of wrong, only capable of oops. That's so good. Me too. Well done, Saname. <laughs> Two days later, Vespers. Once again, the nuns singing in Magnolia on the outskirts, considering the logic and spirituality of this place. In two days, she hadn't been convinced by the sister's way of life, but she hadn't been turned off it either. Rather, she'd been kind of turned on by the scheduling. She was horny for structure. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> All the type A listeners are like, yes. Yes. <laughs> wow, thanks. I hate it. <laughs> this evening, she walked inside the chapel during the last five minutes of chanting and slid onto a pew next to one of the younger nuns. She wished she could ask this young woman what life was like here. If she did not have sexual urges, she was constantly trying to suppress. If these urges didn't make their way into her dreams, her every waking reverie, the way she kneaded bread or struck her spade into the dirt. Magnolia knew this would have been her if she had been on a lifelong sex ban. It's no way way to live. I know. (laughs) This evening, Hildegard was talking about oneness with the divine. That is our one desire in life. This is what we strive to do. This is our ultimate goal, to have the divine enter us and consume us fully, to be consumed by its direction. Lord in me, Lord with me, Lord beside me. May we pray each one of us this prayer over ourselves and over our sisters. Already know what Magnolia's uh, thinking. <laughs> yeah, fully. <laughs> Magnolia thought for a moment. How different was it to say the Holy Spirit should be in a person versus, say, a dick or a finger exploring? Of course. Who's to say? Yeah, Who's what to a say? thought experiment. Oh. <laughs> 
She walked about the grounds after dinner, reflecting. There was a certain longing in every word Hildegard spoke. Although she was much older than Magnolia, she seemed filled with much more unfulfilled need. I can't imagine why that would be. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I like this, like, power dynamic between them, like, in the last thing that Sodome set up, and then now this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Magnolia had never considered how quietness might fill her soul. It seemed to be an oxymoron, in fact. It seemed like someone saying, I am malnourished, therefore I shall fill myself with air and chewing gum in order to be full. Darkness was setting in. Beyond the monastery, the gentle trees, slopes of... Wait, hold on. This is definitely a typo. (laughs) Wait. I mean, she's she's not here to tell us what she meant, so just read it straight. (laughs) Okay. I guess. Beyond the monastery, the gentle trees slopes of Germany rolling on to infinity, a brook ran through the ground. Pussy willow springing into bloom. <laughs> that sentence really barely found itself, but I can see what's happening. The the famous gentle tree slopes of Germany. Of course. <laughs> um, culminating in a pussy willow springing into bloom. <laughs> It looked like <laughs> it looked like it was the most pussy she'd be getting for a while. Oh, <laughs> she's, she's so she's so bummed. <laughs> Looking at trees and being like, ah, oh, yeah, that's that's the most vagina I'm gonna get. <laughs> she saw a shadow moving along the falling darkness towards her, a nun's habit swooshing along the breeze. And as the figure approached, she saw it was Hildegard. Despite all evidence of why she should remain calm, Magnolia's heart quickened. Hildegard didn't notice her right away. It was only when she was almost on top of Magnolia that she was pulled from her thoughts. Mm-mm. She cried out and tripped over her robes, nearly falling into Magnolia's lap. What are you doing here? Hildegard said. I was told that you were helping the women clean up dinner. Magnolia noted that Hildegard had asked after her before heading out. It turned her on a bit, but also tugged at her because it meant that she was uncomfortable around Magnolia. And she wanted her host to be at ease. She wanted to show her physical pleasure, of course, if that were possible, but first and foremost, she wanted Hildegard to feel good in her body when she was around Magnolia. The sunset was just too beautiful to deny. I had to be out here. Where I'm from, you don't often see them too often. <laughs> I see that. Wait. You don't often see them too often. <laughs> um, wait, but does that... Why, why not? Do we not see the sunset in 2020? I, know, I guess, like, city thing? Like, is that what, like... Um, or is it just the climate crisis? <laughs> no idea. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think the sunset is the problem. I think, <laughs> um, but I don't know. I don't know what uh, I don't know. the Baroness meant. You know what? Magnolia's just saying shit at this point. Let's go. <laughs> she's, she's just <laughs> saying things. <laughs> this is not the line to dissect. Yeah, your crush is here. You're just talking for the sake of talking. <laughs> there was silence on Hildegard's end, as if she did not know how to respond. She's with us. 
<laughs> Ma- Magnolia High. It's like what? That doesn't make sense. But okay, moving on. <laughs> Where the fuck are you from? <laughs> Magnolia had an idea. Will you try my form of meditation with me? I don't want to push my ways on you, but it's so much different from your spirituality, and I thought maybe you would enjoy it. Not to pause things, but the typo is mediation instead of meditation. <laughs> Just imagining them <laughs> at like a couple's therapist. I know. <laughs> but the problem is she's an abbess and I'm a time traveling promiscuous young lady. Yeah. <laughs> Solve that for Solve us. Solve that for us. Mediate. <laughs> um, no, but maybe, okay, it's really showing that you can stretch interpretation however you want, but mediation between God and humankind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Being a medium. Very much a stretch, but I like it. <laughs> she definitely meant meditation. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like 100,000%. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I also think that this is a typo. Lucky she looked over at Hildegard. Well, she's not here to defend herself. You know what? (laughs) Baroness, whenever you hear this, we're just going to roll with whatever you wrote. Lucky she looked over at Hildegard because the nun only nodded consent. Lucky. Luckily? Luckily. Or lucky she looked over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. She's like, good thing she looked over. Okay. Yeah. She looked over at Hildegard because the nun only nodded consent. Close your eyes with me then, Magnolia said, and let's breathe together. In, out, in, out. The sun still falling, the clouds pinkening, and the gurgle of the water over rocks. Imagine you are fully at peace, a place where you feel loved, protected, filled, She herself imagined that canyon in Andalusia, a light rain falling, and beside that, sun splashing improbably down against orange and gray rocks. Imagine you are held by the universe. Who is holding you? How do you feel? Magnolia felt a hand on her folded knees. She peeked her eye open and saw Hildegard had slid closer to her. She gingerly placed her own hand on top of the mother's, caressing it gently with her palm. She heard a sniff and realized Hildegard was crying slightly. Imagine you are fulfilled. Imagine the stars holding you. Now Hildegard's own hand was caressing Magnolia's, weakly at first, then with more confidence. And then the nun snapped out of her trance, eyes flashing open and piercing Magnolia's, and she stood up to flee the scene. No! What? Oh. <laughs> Why? I hate uh, it. We were rooting for you. We were all I rooting know. for you. Fix <laughs> it, um, Sodomy. Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> Don't let her go. That was um, good, though. I was in yeah. that. That was very mm-hmm. good. Um, I'm about to make my sister real. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> That's good. It's fine. I can compartmentalize. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that I've ever actually gotten turned on by this. Um, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, so. I don't think I've like gotten turned on, but because just because like the whatever, like the way we're doing this, but I definitely have been like, oh yeah, that's absolutely hot, and I will think about that at some point. 
You know what I mean? Like, not like, <laughs> yeah. not like in that, but I was just like the things that you and the Baroness write. I'm like, oh yeah, oh good. I haven't thought about that one in a while. <laughs> Sure, yeah, sure. it's the no, more intellectual, like, yeah. yes, objectively what's happening is hot, but, you know, I'm exactly. also listening to yeah. my brother's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely pitched this podcast to people and they're like, is it like, am I going to get turned on? And I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, it's just foreclosed in general, like, yeah. You know what? Some people must might be really into like laughing, uh-huh. yeah, maybe. and like that might that might not deter them. <laughs> yeah. You know, the laughing in between the lines, they might just be like, "Yes, laugh, make fun of mm-hmm. me." I mean, there's like joke porn too and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We are right. a anyway. wild and varied species. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's beautiful. It's gross, but it's yeah, beautiful. Exactly. Really. And that's it's what gross we and want. beautiful. <laughs> Ugh, fuck. Magnolia fell back onto a bed of moss and looked up at the crepuscular rays above her. Her clit was wet, and she slid her hand underneath the skirt of her habit. The tips of her fingers drummed her labia playfully. Her skin tingled. In, out, in, out, she breathed, and beyond the shafts of light that were filtered by her eyelids, the image of Hildegard appeared. What was underneath those robes? Magnolia had to know. And she could, she knew, imagine it by herself, here, as the flowing brook muffled the world around her. But this would be a consolation prize. It would be fun and pleasurable to masturbate here and likely vanish, but it was not what she truly desired. She hesitated. She wanted to respect Hildegard's boundaries, and yet she wondered if her reluctance was for the right reasons. Oh, okay. The sun was setting, and it was time to return to the abbey. On her walk back, she had made a decision, and so she made her way to Hildegard's quarters and anxiously knocked. Hildegard came to the door and did not look surprised to see Magnolia. I want to apologize. Hildegard gave Magnolia a pleading look and ushered her in, afraid that the other sisters would hear this conversation and thus ruin her reputation. In this room, Hildegard's commanding presence departed like water down a brook. Her lips quivered in the, in the candlelight. Her eyes were wide. I'm sorry. I've put you in a difficult position. You have a reputation to uphold. You have your faith and your covenant, and I haven't respected it. Hildegard was at a loss for words. Her restless fingers followed the letters on a piece of parchment nearby. With her middle and index fingers, she traced the title. Ordo Virtutum. Virtutum. (laughs) (laughs) The play of virtues. You are so good at Latin. Oh my god. I know. (laughs) You are so good at Latin. (laughs) Ordo virtutum, the play of virtues. I will leave if you wish it and be a distant memory, a desire so far away that you can question whether or not it was real. Magnolia's lips quivered too. Hildegard looked up at Magnolia and stepped closer. 
The light on their hot faces flickered. You have complicated my life, sister. Your beautiful face is agony. Magnolia let the gravitational pull guide her closer to Hildegard. Until now, I was sure that virtuous living reduces the estrangement from God, but... Again, Magnolia stepped a little closer. When I am with you, I feel divine. I feel holy and blessed. The space between them was thinning. I'm losing my grasp on what I know. Magnolia's lips, inches away from Hildegard, said, Let's learn together. Her lips were softer than Hildegard could have imagined, her hips so pleasurable against the palms of her hands, her breasts so seductive against hers. Magnolia slipped off Hildegard's coif, wimple, and veil to reveal a cascade of wild light brown hair. Hildegard followed, and as she did so, her lips and tongue ran along Magnolia's neck. Magnolia's hands were on Hildegard's belt. Is this all right? she asked. It is rapturous. Hildegard said, and so Magnolia slipped off the gown and then her own. Wickedly, Magnolia had been completely naked underneath, which made Hildegard unexpectedly wet with desire. She gaped at Magnolia's body as she removed her underclothes. Similarly, Magnolia admired Hildegard and felt her legs moisten where they met. A proud member of the Itty Bitty Titty Committee? <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like cut across those tense moments sometimes for some levity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> A proud member of the itty bitty titty committee, Hildegard ran her hands along her pale and perky body and felt celestial in it. Magnolia concurred with this feeling and made sure to communicate this by bending down and massaging Hildegard with her tongue. All energy that had once gone to worshiping God now moved to worship each other's bodies. Dang. That is such a good line. Yeah. Incredible work. <laughs> Diverting <laughs> a <Yeah>. little bit. <laughs> yeah. And yet Hildegard felt that God was close to both of them in this moment, like a transcendent threesome. <laughs> you saw to me. talk about a holy trinity (laughs) hey just wait Uh i can't wait oh my gosh (laughs) oh with magnolia's tongue deep inside hildegard and her hands grasping each cheek of her tight ass they were a holy trinity the nun <laughs> oh, <laughs> they were—they were a holy trinity: the nun, the coquette, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> this is like hands down one of my favorite things that has happened in this. <laughs> a transcendent threesome: the nun, the coquette, and the Holy Ghost. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. No notes. (laughs) They moved to the bed and Magnolia's tongue was unrelenting. All this desire had been pent up for so long that for a moment, 
Magnolia worried she'd orgasm just by eating out the sexy saint that was spreading out before her. Hildegard was fingering Magnolia's erect nipples and often could not control her cries of delight, which were uttered as... <laughs> Fuck you. Sodome! <laughs> <laughs> <Not a May. laughs> On behalf of the podcast, we apologize for what you're about to say. <laughs> put like an alert (laughs) oh man (laughs) i'm doing it again a trigger warning for how much you're about to come (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) hildegard was fingering magnolia's erect nipples and often could not control her cries of delight which were uttered as incantatory melodies oh lord yes (laughs) sorry Okay, hold on, hold on. I've got this. Yes. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yes. Do not stop. Feast upon my forbidden fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> Magnolia. Magnolia could tell that this biblical sex play was a turn-on for Hildegard, so she escalated the role play. She picked up the rosary beads from the nightstand, dipped them in a cup of oil that was convenient. Oh my god, I know where this is going. Oh my god. Okay. Wow. Dipped them in a cup of oil that was conveniently there for some reason, and slowly, ever so slowly, slipped the beads up Hildegard's anal sphincter. Dang. She this, this, I, like, okay, here's the thing. I'm here for this. <laughs> every moment of this. And I wonder, I really want, okay, if listeners have been hesitant to get in contact, this is the moment. Please, I want to know if everybody was, like, with us and then they were like, this is a line. <laughs> I actually would like to know that too. How many people have I offended? Because I, because I feel like there might be some people who are just like, no, like this is a line for me and my personal like thing, like to others. I feel like our audience, I'm maybe I'm romanticizing the nature of our audience, but I feel like folks would probably just be like, okay, this works for some people, but for me personally, this is not it. But mm-hmm. like, just because so many people have weird relationships with religion, but like me, I'm like, this is therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I hadn't been raised uh, with the Christian faith, I mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have gone here. Like, I wouldn't, like, take another. Yeah. I don't think I would fuck with Islam, you know, the way I'm fucking oh, with yeah. Christianity. I mean, there's right also, now. like, there's a process of racialization that happens when yeah, you fair. bring, like, Islam fair. into it and stuff. But, like, for me, like, having been raised Muslim and, like, now obviously having, like, very fraught relationship with religion, but then, like, obviously there's similarities, right? Like, we mm-hmm. also have, like, a similar, like, we have, like, they're not rosaries, but we also have, like, beads and stuff. And I'm just, like, this is it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, also punching up. I don't care. <laughs> well, yes, first of all, 100% punching up. But it's also like, if you didn't have a relationship to religion, this wouldn't be where you go. Because like, you have to yeah. be told that something's sacred for it to feel subversive to like, defile it. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you're here right now. That was such a wonderful <laughs> way of putting that. That was oh, like the perfect way of putting that. <laughs> yeah, we need to bring on 
um, guest honoree Devalsack more often. I, I yeah. I mean, if people are upset about it, I'm not promising that I would never do this again. But oh no! I want I mean, to like, hear. I want to hear. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Religious. That's a. I'm like, I don't, I would never like punch down on religious people, but punching at religion, I have no problems with. No, oh, yeah. and I mean, Hildegard herself was a very subversive figure in the Catholic Excellent. Church. Also. Mm-hmm. So. Amazing. Well, back to it then. <laughs> um, Where well, were we? <laughs> we were oh, did we end so at Anal Sphincter? Yeah, we no. were ever so slowly slipping the beads up Hildegard's Anal Sphincter. Does anyone have a synonym for that that is sexier? Because I just couldn't think of it, and I was like, whatever. Mm. But it's not a sexy word. I feel um, like... Romance novels might do like a rosebud situation. Oh damn yeah, it! Yeah. That's but it's true. A, it's a little frou frou for me. Yeah, frou frou, yeah. it is. Let's. You want some straight talking erotica where we call things <laughs> the medical terms? <laughs> yes, we call anal sphincters by their government names. <laughs> no euphemism here. No. <laughs> I don't have time for metaphors. I want to get straight to the fucking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please, the copulation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She, oh my God. <laughs> she paired, this is so like vivid. <laughs> she paired the gentle pop, pop, pop of the beads entering and exiting with a solo dance her tongue was doing along the lips of Hildegard's vagina. Hildegard's orgasm was violent and earth-shattering. The cries of euphoria flowed out of her like a song. The light within me it pours out of every orifice like a divine juice. <laughs> <laughs> Why is everything a song? <laughs> because you're my sister and I can make you. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it's once so a brat, always good. a brat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Context changes, I guess. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad that that happened the way it did. <laughs> Her lack of restraint and shame was turning Magnolia on even more. And after Hildegard's breathing had returned to normal, Magnolia moved up on the bed and sat on the saint's face. Hot damn. Hot damn. <laughs> Hildegard was now in charge of the rosary beads and played with them as she devoured Magnolia's pussy. The weeks of edging had been worth it. There was light within Magnolia's body too, and it was close to exploding out of her. For a virgin, Hildegard was a professional. One hand was on her clit, her mouth between Magnolia's legs, and another pushing and pulling the beads in and out of her ass. It was a symphony of sexual play. As Magnolia felt her body being consumed by divine light, she locked eyes with Hildegard, who was crying tears of joy. The satisfaction of bringing someone to this level of release and pleasure made Magnolia come so hard that her body was gone like a snuffed-out candle. All that's left of her was the hot, wax-like substance that she had squirted all over St. Hildegard von Bangen. Oh. Ah. Honestly, 
chef's kiss. Yeah. <laughs> no notes. That was amazing. Well. <laughs> that was some of your best work. That oh, was, thank you. It was. I, like, genuinely was, like, I also just, like, love, like, I think that, like, if if there are people who do have, like, a relationship with, like, religion and, like, spirituality still in their personal practice that might still be rooted in this kind of thing, it is actually kind of satisfying because you're, like, mm-hmm. okay, like, see, like, these are the kinds of things that we were always told not to do. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was, like, in a way, obviously, there's ridiculousness, like, the rosary anal beads, but, like... I, I don't know. I think that it is, I think it is um, so satisfying. It's so good. I, I don't think I was like being that shitty towards the faith, to be honest. I don't think you so know? either. I don't think, I don't so, think so either. No. I, I, I thought it. it was, it was like, yeah, this, this is your, like Magnolia is open to the universe and that doesn't have to be separate from any faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And why should giving and receiving pleasure be such a bad thing? Well, it's definitely, yeah, I don't know what Hildegard is going to do going forward, but I guess we won't know. I'm so much more of a nerd than Magnolia is, but if this was me, I would, anytime I was farther into the future, I would be checking like encyclopedias or Wikipedia or something and being like, okay, so like, did my mind-blowing orgasm change the course of history though? (laughs) That's honestly so good. Yeah. <laughs> or did or did um it leave Hildegard in like chaos and confusion and needing therapy oh. in a time in which that was not available? Yeah. A real <laughs> risk, but I'm choosing not to believe that that's what happened. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm just trying to think like she hasn't I guess she should have done more of that when she was in the 2020s back back with her parents like more I mean, research. Yeah. No, no, just because, like, I'm thinking, like, it's, like, third century Syria. Yeah. Like, I don't know, Stonehenge? Nah. Like, when when were you going to? Yeah. yeah. When were you going to yeah. do it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Man, this was good. So, Honoré de Balzac, what was your experience <laughs> like? Um, uh, Overwhelmingly positive. <laughs> Very pleasurable. <laughs> Um, I'm good. glad that I... reading my porn was pleasurable for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, keep yeah. it in the family. <laughs> you didn't have to say it quite like that. <laughs> um, no, it was good. I The sing-songiness of it was a challenge. Mm. I will not lie. <laughs> it didn't seem like it. You were so natural. I'm sure you heard oh, the ones you, where they you. tried to make me singer do voices and I was like please don't (laughs) yeah Yeah. no it was good I I got into it I felt this character so you performed so excellently like I have to say I wish that we like I really liked this and like having a co-reader it was like also like I know that you intentionally wrote in more dialogue um Sodome Mm -hmm. and I think like a lot more than the Baroness who was very (laughs) dialogue like (laughs) Baroness was like, I want atmosphere only. <laughs> but I, Which was yeah, really I mean, good. Like, I was there because of good vibes only. Yeah. Absolutely. I think the vibe of this one was, like, really interesting. And also, it mm-hmm. definitely did feel a little bit like an audio play at times. I really mm-hmm. liked that. Like, yeah, I, I, would, I would be so open to more of this. Yeah, same. I feel well, like I'm the... willing to come back anytime oh, <laughs> yeah. for this character or others. I think different voices, yeah. probably. I, yeah. I don't do voice work, but I'm sure I could try. <laughs> you're, 
honestly, you should. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, wow. I don't. I don't know what more I could write about Hildegard, but it's a challenge. It could be a challenge. Yeah. I mean, there can be other Hildegard-esque characters. There are many people to explore and time periods to visit. Mm-hmm. Infinite, infinite. We could do exactly. this forever. And we will. And we will. And we will. <laughs> Make it a threat. Yeah, it yes. sounded like a threat. <laughs> you can't get us off the air. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, before, I guess, before we end this very special episode, Sodome, do you want to call out our socials? Yeah, sure. Um, do get in touch. Um and yeah, help us make this even more co-creative than it already is. We're on Twitter at Pod Come Together. Instagram is part Pod Come Together as well, but the TO is a two because Instagram sucks. Um, Coming Together podcast, you can look it up on Facebook if you use Facebook. Um, our email is Pod Come Together as at gmail.com as well. We have a playlist that features songs that are heard in the story uh, called Ouvre Jams. Nice. Um, I you should add don't some know. Cards work. I want to, but they're like long one hour pieces. <laughs> so I'm just, and the, I, the vibe of that playlist is like, I'm, I like that it exists, but it's unlistenable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's more a compendium. It's a compendium, it's a library, <laughs> but like, nah, it's so weird. It's like 1970s Japan and then Bruce Cockburn and then oh yeah, like Mortal uh, Kombat. <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, it's so strange. Um, it's I fitting think that's that it's chaotic sessions. though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, like this podcast, subscribe to it, leave a review. Um, we only accept five star reviews we're trying to fix that bug we'll we'll let you know but like right now it, it's just broke it's just it's just stuck on five stars so um you can edit that later but for now just give us a five star review <laughs> and read along Slip. on medium yes yes um all the text is available on medium so you can follow along maybe you get together with your friends and do the voices yourselves and then yeah. have a sexy time together i don't know i don't know that sounds excellent i would love for people to do unholy things with this text absolutely <laughs> i want yeah i want so many people to be enjoying turning this into an audio play as it's clearly yeah. and then and then doing it better than us and then we're like yeah oh, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs>